Dad, I'm excited to see you this weekend. I am so psyched. I, for the first time, just so our listeners are aware, I have not seen my two granddaughters in what, five months? Six months? Since September. Since September. And they, they lived with me for, I don't know, five, five months? months. Mm-hmm. Five months, uh, you know, last year, earlier during the pandemic. And, and now, being vaccinated, my wife and I are going to be there. Mm-hmm. This weekend. You said your granddaughters. What about being excited to see your daughter, your firstborn, <laughs> right here? Over Absolutely. Here. <laughs> I, well, that goes without saying. That okay. definitely goes Just without checking. saying. I like so to I, hear it said anyway. <laughs> yes. But but I, truth be told, I want to squish my granddaughters. I really want to squish them. So They're very I'm, excited. I'm, to I'm super psyched. You may not know this, but you do know I'm an orthodontist. And what you don't know is oftentimes our clients come to me and ask me for my advice on topics that are outside the realm of my marketing expertise. And I can usually help them if they ask me questions about conversion rates or uh, fee structure or even how to handle a Google review. But sometimes it revolves around internal office systems or staffing issues. And for those, you really need to bring in somebody that has some expertise. And that's why it was an excellent idea that today we're bringing in an expert consultant to talk about those very issues. Welcome to the Survival Guide for Orthodontists, the podcast that makes you the authority in orthodontics in your community. Get ready for insights on how to compete on expertise and trust against mail order and retail orthodontics. It's not always about the lowest fees. And now, from the People in Practice team, your hosts, Dr. Leon Klempner and Amy Epstein. Today's guest is Sue Hainan. Sue has been an orthodontic consultant and life coach for the past 24 years. With extensive knowledge on the business of orthodontics, her focus is to create the certainty, clarity, and connection your team needs with sustainable operating systems. She's helped hundreds of clients bring order to chaos with diligent fact-finding, strategic planning, and follow-through. Just a note here that we were talking before the show started about how Sue, we had some feedback from a TC that worked with Sue in the past that just still talks about the clarity that Sue brought to the process uh, in the practice, and, and that was seven years ago. So to this day, she's grateful for her intervention. By developing healthy practice metrics and clarity of goals, she decreases stress and helps reach targets. She is an IPEC certified professional coach, a Colby certified consultant, and loves to identify team members' strengths and natural talents to enhance job satisfaction and longevity. Sue, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Amy and Leon. It's an honor to to be here with you. And Leon, I'm very excited to hear how you enjoyed your children and your grandchildren this coming weekend. You just made me smile. I mean, honestly, that's what life's all about, isn't it? Uh, it for me, it is. And, and I would tell you all about it, but I, we don't have like four or five days for me to continually talk. So, um, But I will, I'll send you some photographs and uh, some pictures from my, from my phone. But, Please you know, you, you heard me speak earlier in, in the introduction about the fact that a lot of offices that we work with uh, 
are really in need of a consultant for areas that go outside of our expertise. I mean, Amy and I are great with helping with with marketing and driving leads and and you know all, all things regarding attracting new patients to the practice. But you know, when when questions come up about staffing issues and um, systems in the in the office, they need a consultant. And when I when I offer that as a suggestion, sometimes I get pushback. And the pushback comes because they are concerned about the cost or they've had a not a good experience and they don't know what the return on investment is. And and I know from personal experience, Sue's been in my, my office when I was in practice, that you're very data-driven. So can you take a minute and just share with our listeners some of the metrics that you review during the process of working with an orthodontic practice? Oh, I'd love to. Thanks. Thanks so much. So there are so many metrics in an orthodontic practice that really, um, I call them the guideposts and kind of keep you going down your lane towards your ultimate goals. Um, some of those are very, you're all very familiar with like your production and your collection and delinquency percentage and, you know, gosh, what's your average case fee or, you know, your value per visit. But there's some hidden gems I'd love to throw out there because quite often they can be overlooked. And I'd love for the listener to roll up their sleeves and go take a look at the four metrics I'd love just to share with you so that they have some actionable items and uh, they can put some things into process. And I call it creating the value of time within their practice. And although those, although those financial uh, metrics are really important, the quality of your day is one of my driving whys and creating the value so that doctors and teams can go home with some energy, right? Orthodontics is just a different business. And when the doctors are and doctors and teams are seeing patients, I call it your full on out. You are just full on. And often at the end of the day, you're literally exhausted. And we've, you know, we've pressed the stress button numerous times. So let's just, I'd love to share with you, Leon and Amy, what, what we can do to maybe um, take a little bit of that out of their, out of their day. So when in a practice, um, I do use certainty, clarity, and connection as the areas that, that we look into, right? And some of them, doctors can go check, 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 and that's lovely. But are you certain of your due diligence, right? Um, when's your malpractice renewal? When's your life insurance renewal? When's your lease, in, lease renewals? What's your IT securities? What's your staffings and your benefits? And any of those people that come in and out of those different arenas, are they aware of what that information is? I've been in a couple of practices that lease renewals went unnoticed, right? And then there's this increase in, in the lease payment. And unfortunately, that's very costly to a practice. Um, but today, I really want to um, talk about clarity and uh, bringing some clarity to four different metrics. And we uh, are a, a tribal species. 
And without certain levels of that certainty in our life and clarity, our fight or flight instincts kick in and that stress hormone fires. So if you can go through and create that certainty, right? As much as we have certain after 2020, we know that that's not certain. But if mm-hmm. there are certain, there are certain um, locus of control areas that you can control. Um, so if you go back and just look at those and make sure that those are all check, 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 whew, you can exhale. So let's talk about um, by bringing clarity, you can decrease the stress for the doctor. And um, let's just talk about what some of those things are. When I'm in a practice, often team members, they, they don't have job descriptions. There's no accountability measures in place. And believe it or not, Amy and Leon, teams are asking for that. They really are. They want to know the how-to and the why. So we want to create the clarity for them. And I, and I envision that as your lily pad approach, your lily pad steps that will encompass and drive your team forward to efficiencies. You know, when given the opportunity to learn and grow, your team members are, one, much happier, two, will be self-driven, and can be rising stars. They really, really can. So I'm going to ask you, do you have a PIP, a personal improvement plan for each team member? And when's the last time you sat down and just, like we're chatting here, just chatted with a team member, ask them questions. What are their personal goals? And is there any way that you can encompass that and bring that into the practice and help them achieve their personal goals through your practice and supporting their growth mission? And when you really hear your team members, you can coordinate your efforts and get somebody that's even more committed. So. It's not uncommon when I'm in a practice and I'm working with a doctor and we're just starting you know, to work together and I do all my due diligence about pulling all of their data and so on, so we know exactly where they are. And I say, okay, I've got all the information. What are your goals? And they ask me, well, what should they be? Well, we need to know what your goals are and how to set goals. And we like to use data to do that. But we also want to know what's the need behind that goal to make sure that we're setting goals that are really impactful for the doctor, their family, and their team, right? So in that process, we also want to identify some, some you know, what is stressful to the doctor. Um, so let's talk about some actionable items that they can go back and look at. And they seem like very, very simple metrics, and some of them are, but wait till you hear the outcome. Okay, here's number one. What is your no-show percentage, right? Industry goal is 5% or less. So I use gauge with a lot of my clients. It is like turning a light on in a dark room and it presents your practice metrics to you. I like I say like on a silver platter, here they are. So you're not spending your time or your team's time 
going in and digging and comparing. And so I've gone into Gage and just came up with a practice that I, I want to sample here. So this is a multi-doctor practice, two-doctor practice, and multiple locations. They see around 1,200 patients in a month. So let's just look at their no-show value. Their, their no-show percentage currently is at 14.8% average through um, February of 2021. All right. So that means that they uh, their average, are, they're no-showing 200 patients in a month's time, a little over 200 patients. So if we could look at that metric at 14.8% and say, all right, team, let's set a goal. Let's drop it to 10, not even to the industry goal. Let's just have small incremental changes that we can track and celebrate along the way, right? We could decrease that no-show by 69 appointments in a month. For some of us, that's more than a day. For some of you, that's more than a day patience. Some of you, maybe that's half a day. But that is valuable time. Now let's take that savings and multiply it by 20-minute appointments. And Leon, you know, appointment, not all appointments are 20 minutes, but let's be really conservative. Do you know that we would save 23 clinical hours in a month by making that small 4.8% change? Hmm. And it, oh, it's huge, right? Like mm -hmm. who wouldn't jump for joy at saving those hours. That is chair time in a practice. You ask any scheduling coordinator what you would do with that, you know, that in a month time, oh my goodness, they would be celebrating from the, you know, the mountain, top mm -hmm. of the mountains. So uh, that's the first one. The second one would be extra visits or your care visits, your emergency visits. Okay, your goal is 5% or less. And I like to look at that, and, and that's your active patients. I want, we want 5% or less of active patients seen in a month. That, that is our target. So back to this practice, they have, they're currently at 15.7%. We got some room for improvement there. So I said, well, what if we could just drop 5.7%? Let's just go for that 10% again right? Just so happens that we would save another 69 appointments in a month time from dropping from 192 SOS appointments or extra visits to 123. That's dropping 5.7%. Totally doable. It's another mm -hmm. 23 hours. Oh, mm -hmm. Lee and I could see you jumping up and down, you know, yay, additional <laughs> hours in the clinic, right? Oh my goodness. Um, so that's why that metric is also very important, not to mention just the goodwill associated with minimal extra visits during a patient's treatment time. Right. Here's one that I um, have seen dramatically change since COVID, and that is the number of retention visits seen. That is so controllable, actual retention visits in your practice. This particular practice has been seen on average about 166 in a month patients, right? If we, and that, which turns out to be about 13.6%. Again, let's just go for a 10% mark. 
we could save um, from taking 166 down to 123, which is still a lot, could still come down a whole lot more, another seven hours. They're add, those hours are adding up quickly. Um, I have seen great improvements in practices since COVID with retention. I've seen, you know, one and done or deliver retainers and one check and done. So I am seeing that metric come drastically down in practices. So that's a good thing. Then the big ouch over treatment time. Monitoring your over treatment time and having a set protocol proactively as well as once they hit that red zone. That goal is eight to 10% or less of all active patients. So if you are, this particular practice is at 33.8%, right? So we're filling up the chairs with patients that should be cleaned out and out of treatment. So with a set clear protocol on what happens before they ever get there to minimize the people that actually get to the red zone is really, really important. Mm -hmm. But I want to share with you, if we could just take it to 30%, again, a 3.8%, you know, change. That is dropping from four, let's see here, 508 to 452. I mean, that's, that's still a lot of patients over treatment time. And again, if we said they were only 20 minutes a piece for their appointments, right? And we only saw half of them this month and half of them next month. So to make that a little bit more clear, we would save 56 appointments. And we'd only see half of them this month, right? And half of them that month. So we would save an additional nine hours. Mm -hmm. So if you, I know, Mm -hmm. and these are metrics that, you know, if you have gauge or at your fingertips, but often are overlooked. And I look at it as, as it is creating the value of your time mm-hmm. and energy left over at the end of the day mm-hmm. to invest in however you want, right? right? And, and what a gift, you know, to be handed back even, you know, that if you add up all those metrics, that's saving 62 hours of chair time in a month in a practice and having the option to decide how you want to spend those found hours, Amy and Leon, it's priceless. It's priceless yeah. to me. I mean, we're all trying to get more time in, uh, in our days. It always seems like there isn't enough. So just to summarize the four points for our listeners, looking those hidden gems that you mentioned earlier, looking at the no-show percentage, looking at which should be 5% or less, looking at the emergency visit or the extra uh, visits percentage should be 5% or less. Looking yes, at the yes. number three would be the retention visits visit mm-hmm. percentage, which I think, did you say it was, should be 10% or less? 7% or less. 7% or mm-hmm. less. And then the over treatment time, which you would like to have a, a target of about 8 to 10% or less, right? You, you got it. Absolutely. Right. These are great statistics and, and data for orthodontists to know. Because you can't, you can't achieve a goal unless you can measure it. So the first step is to see where you are. And now at least there's a target. But let me ask you about the practices that aren't in need of more time in the clinic, but are actually 
not doing well or on the decline? Like what metrics do you look at to determine whether a practice is doing well or is declining? Because sometimes, you know, in orthodontics, you don't even know that until a year or two later when all of a sudden the monthly payments start dropping really quick. So how do you, what, do you, what do you look at to help a practice um, realize that they've got to change some things up? Oh, great question. So I refer to those as your leading indicators, right? And that is falls right, honestly, back into your arena. Um, how, how, first thing you do is start monitoring your new patient calls, right? Mm-hmm. So how is the phone ringing? And um, has that declined? And what's going on? You know, what's, what's happening with the new patient calls? Second would be where are those new patient calls coming from? Mm-hmm. And has one have one of those areas, you know, either increased or decreased? And that's where people in mm-hmm. practice comes in with regard to getting that phone and that your target market to to phone your office. Um, another would be tracking where those uh, referrals are coming from. I see in in practices that, you know, the default in so many of the practice management systems is, you know, the default, they'll simply hit that the general dentist referred them and the value that those practices are missing with regard to who the true referral source is and asking, having the TC ask those right questions. Mm -hmm. So first of all is the new patient phone call. The second is is um, I'm sure you've heard this in the um, in the industry or the leaky bucket. I, I call what I call is the drop rate between the volume mm-hmm. of new patients that are calling and the volume of patients that are actually making it to the exam. Mm-hmm. And what is the the drop rate between the call and the exam? That's a whole nother area to to mm-hmm. look at. So just for the listeners, you would take your new patient call volume and you would subtract anybody that has an appointment so we can level the metrics, right? So take out if you know if you had a hundred new patient calls and you haven't seen fifty of them, we're playing with fifty players. And how many of those patients have been seen? And you don't want anything over, you know, a 10% drop there. Uh, clearly less. I'd love to see a, a 1% to 0% drop. And I do see that actually occasionally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could take a look at that metric. Um, and then, of course, what's happening once they're in your practice. There is, there's so many multiple ways to look at, look at that. There's the industry case acceptance, and that's just a period of time. How many exams did you do? How many starts did you do? Or taking a look at your conversion rate of the patients that you recommended treatment to, how many got to yes? Mm -hmm. That, again, is the golden ticket, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you can, in most of the practice management um, softwares, there are some pretty awesome reports uh, that you can set up you know, some custom reports that will maybe not give you that, they won't give you that percentage, but you can absolutely see what's happening in your practice with a click of a button. So those are some leading yeah. indicators. 
And, mm-hmm. and so what would a good conversion rate be? Well, goodness, ideally, um, a conversion rate would we'd love to see, you know, 75%. I mean, I'd love to see mm-hmm. 80%, you know, mm-hmm. um, well, let's, let's go for it. But clearly not everybody. So you have some people that are, are just kicking around, not ready to make the decision yet. Yeah. So you'll always have some of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, just talking a little bit, and then I want to introduce a, a question from one of our callers. But you know, we just had a discussion on a team meeting this morning about um, identifying where new patients are coming from and how to best do that. And the challenge that we're seeing is that, and maybe this will we'll take it offline and come back to our listeners with a solution. But um, the challenge that we're seeing is that sometimes in the you know new patient packet or you know whatever the the information gathering happens at the um, initial consult um, or when a, a new patient starts, the questions that are asked about where the patient heard about the practice are sort of antiquated. And then when you look mm-hmm. back at that data, you're really basing decisions on what's working and what's not working from a marketing communication standpoint based on sort of skewed data because mm-hmm. the questions aren't quite right. So for example, it used to be without the, the internet and reviews and social media um, and, and digital ads that whatever anybody wrote down as where they heard about the practice was where you attributed that lead, let's say a new patient, to. But nowadays, it, the decision to start with a practice is so multifaceted that it, mm-hmm. it definitely there is a, a, an initial point of awareness. That could be a referral. That could be a friend. That could, there are lots of different points. And th- that's fantastic. And then there are all these other points in that we have a leaky bucket, too, from a marketing standpoint, where you could potentially lose that uh, interested new patient. And our job is to plug all those holes with really valuable information, incredible information um, that, about a practice so that you don't lose those people who are then introduced to your practice. In fact, every point that you hit is only supporting the idea that you should go to that practice. So the question framing, like, where did you hear about us, is very misleading because it only allows for, first of all, usually one answer. Mm-hmm. And second of all, doesn't really give the new patient a chance to think about what were the points that actually built credibility and built confidence in my decision to start with this particular practice. And you really need to know what those are in order to attribute um, you know, the, the credit to each of the different facets that they touched on. So anyway, I would love to take a, a meeting with you offline to, to sort through that to see maybe if we can come up with a joint solution on how to really dig down into where new patients are actually coming from and the best ways to implement that on the ground in a practice. Oh, Amy, I'd love that because that, you know, when you look at the data in the, in the practice management system, I agree 100% in the sense of it is totally skewed. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can see that through making changes in practice and watching that metric change engage, you know, mm-hmm. what are the other referrals? And suddenly you've got patient and parent refer or responsible party referrals going up. So that that's huge. And, you know, it's like turning on the light for for knowing how you would even market. Right. Right. Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I look forward to scheduling that meeting. And in the meantime, I want to make sure we have time for our caller question. So let's go ahead and play that now, if you don't mind. Mm 
My name is Annabelle Robinson from Alpine and Raffetto Orthodontics in Delaware. So it's been a year since COVID hit us. What do you see happening in regard to the virtual exams and other virtual appointments in our industry? Oh my goodness, great question. <laughs> here's, here's what I see. If the practice was already engaged in um, virtual, you know, they were already headed down the virtual or very successful in creating the virtual path for their patients, that, you know, they were miles ahead when COVID hit and they just continue and they are still continuing. But I have been back on the road since June working with clients and I will tell you that the practices that started, you know, boom, COVID hit, oh, we they instantly pivoted, got online, got the digital or the virtual appointments going. Those have, I would say, almost at least the practices that I've been in, you know, everybody's been scrambling, rightfully so, to get their patient base, their active patient base caught up and have let that virtual side go. I strongly, strongly am pushing every single person I speak with to not let that go. That that is such an important piece of, of the future of your practice. Um, it, you know, if you just look at who your patient base, who are the moms and the dads that are going to be bringing their children into you. They're millennials who are currently 26 to 39. Their communication is through social channels and you need to meet their need, right? And meet them how they want to be met. And then you've got your Gen Z who are 25 and younger and, and coming up. So, though you know, I would strongly suggest that do not let that go by the wayside. Bring that back to the team meetings and get it going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we couldn't agree more. And a lot of our focus is getting practices to focus their marketing on generating the virtual new patient consults. Um, it saves chair time. Um, it, you could be very efficient if you are um, seeing people virtually as a first step. And so we do focus on that uh, in a significant way in our marketing efforts. So we were totally aligned there. Yeah. Sue, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. We'd love to have you back. And if our listeners want to learn more about your services or want to contact you, what's the best way to reach you? Oh, I can be reached at Sue Hanen, H-A-N-E-N at gmail.com. Or you can visit the Impact 360 site and uh, call the Impact 360 office. Um, but a great way is through the email, suehanen at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, thank you again. And for our listeners, you can subscribe or download this podcast and others on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate you telling a colleague. For more information about people in practice, you can sign up for our free marketing newsletter on our website, pplpractice.com. Sue, thank you. And we will absolutely have you back on the show. Yeah, well, thank you sure. so much for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. Love what you're doing and so grateful that you're there. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Sue. We're great admirers and uh, we appreciate the insight and look forward to having you back on the podcast. And I want to thank great. everybody for listening. If you'd like to contact me directly and discuss how we could leverage our marketing agency to help you attract new patient starts and set up a, a virtual 
protocol, just shoot me an email at leon at pplpractice.com. Remember, we really believe that for forward-thinking orthodontists, it's never been a better time to be an orthodontist. We are in the golden age. Take advantage of it. Till next time, and don't forget to squish your grandchildren. (laughs) Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on the Survival Guide for Orthodontists, where we help your practice grow within a massively disrupted industry. Subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on social media. Find us online at thesurvivalguidefororthodontists.com.